You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. This is Chad. I'm Chris. I'm Daniel. And I'm April. And we're back again to talk all things media. We have a full show for you tonight. We're going to be reviewing the full 10-hour documentary, The Last Dance. And we figured it's, it's June, so why not try and figure out what are the best films and television of the year so far? And that's going to be very interesting, as you know. But before we get into all of that, I do want to remind you to please follow us on all the social media channels. You can find us at Facebook, facebook.com slash ScreenersCast. You can follow us on Twitter, at ScreenersCast. And you can send us an email to ScreenersCast at gmail.com. So with that out of the way, let's jump into our main event review of The Last Dance. Welcome to the main event. Mom and Tommy was to go out and win at any cost. Jordan is the most talented player in the NBA by far. The show of the 90s, the team of the 90s. Whenever they speak Michael Jordan, they should speak Scottie Pippen. We created an image that people want to live up to. I think that's all you can hope for. Okay, now we are going to dive into what we all thought about watching The Last Dance, which I believe is only on ESPN right now. Anyway, so the IMDb synopsis for this miniseries documentary, or not really a miniseries, it's pretty long, is charting the rise of the 1990s Chicago Bulls, led by Michael Jordan, one of the most notable dynasties in sports history. I don't know if that's a complete sentence, but that's it. Um, so <laughs> obviously this, this, um, this documentary has been getting a lot of buzz online uh, as we get an inside look to the 90s Chicago Bulls and the rise of Michael Jordan and just all the epicness and just how exciting basketball was during those years. Uh, it's really cool to just see a behind-the-scenes look. Uh, and they give us a lot of behind the scenes because this is, I think, at least 10 hours long, maybe even a little bit over. So I'm curious, especially how you guys like this and what your experience is with basketball, because I have a feeling if you were a fan of the game, you might take have a different perception if you knew nothing about sports. <clears throat> Daniel. Um, well, hey, <laughs> that's, well, that's true. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, I'm very curious to see how this will go. So why don't we, since I just called you out, Daniel, why don't we start with you? I'd love to just get your overall feeling of the show in general, and we'll dive into more specifics later, but also your history with basketball. Yeah, I don't know I don't know how much of a shock this is going to be to our audience, um, but I'm not that into sports. Uh, <laughs> go figure. So, uh, yeah. The so Oscars I'm, are your sport. Yes, yes. So <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not. The, yeah, that should be on your first tip off as as into the Oscars as I am. So yeah, I'm not tip the target off. demo for. Did we just? <laughs> it happened. Just happened. Oh, what? It took Wait, a am I, seconds. Am I into sports? 
Wait Whoa. a minute. No. Wait a minute. Uh, okay, this is dumb. So, I am I am not the target demo for the Last Dance because yeah, I, I'm just really not into basketball. Obviously, I know the greater like mythology around Michael Jordan. Uh, I, I, of course, he was such a huge figure in the '90s when I was a kid, and so I know him as this this figurehead of of basketball. But I, I don't know the details. I, I didn't know how many championships the Bulls won. I knew they were the team in the '90s, but that's that's pretty much it. So so this was all pretty fresh to me, and I really enjoyed it. It's so well done. Um, I may not be really into sports but i am a huge fan of documentaries and storytelling and and this does it really really well the storytelling is really strong i think it was a a really wise framing for for the show to be focused on the 98 season but also kind of flash back Mm -hmm. jump back and forth and kind of retell the entire michael jordan story and so yeah i think i think it worked really well the interviews for the most part felt pretty open and honest for the most part you know obviously we, we, we don't exactly know how honest they are. We can only trust what they're, what they're saying, but it felt pretty honest. And so, uh, so yeah, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. A friend of mine described it this way, and, and I think I really relate to it. After, after watching The Last Dance, I, I like Jor- Michael Jordan less, but I respect hmm. him more. And I think that's a great way to say it because he was, he was, uh, you know, he was a hard ass. He, was, he, he worked really, really hard, and he didn't have time to screw around. But you've got to admire what he accomplished. And so, right. um, so yeah, I think that was, that was kind of my, my big takeaway from the show, but yeah, overall, I, I think this show is really good. It's a bit long. Uh, you know, it, it had a lot of ground to cover, you know, 10 hours is a long time, but it was still great. And, uh, my biggest complaint about the show is how little time they spent on the making of space jam, but, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have seen space jam. Oh, are you serious? Of course. I was. I, was, I grew up in the it's 90s. It's a movie, right? <laughs> and it's a, yes, exactly. Of course. I love Space Jam. All right, cool. So overall, you enjoyed it. Awesome. Hold on, April. I think he forgot to tell us about his history with basketball. Oh, well, he said he doesn't like sports. Yeah, but yeah. Well, well, do you understand the game? It, it was a joke. But do you know what a travel yeah, is? There, yeah, there's, there's like field goals and <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a pro. I get it. Um, all right, Chad. Will you just chimed in there so let's go to you history with basketball and what you thought of the last dance so back in the day before i was gainfully employed and then got old and fat i was all about that sports life so i grew up in a home with five brothers and this is pre-internet days here we go old jokes but you know pre-internet pre-social media every day was playing in the yard some kind of sport with our the neighborhood kids and or my brothers excuse me as i got a little older into late elementary school like fourth fifth grade then i really began to take an interest in sports and so throughout high school um, i played uh, baseball golf tennis Uh, and basketball for my school, respectively. And I love all sports. Um, I love basketball in particular because of outside of golf, I was probably the best at basketball. So I've been a huge, huge fan for a long, long time. And I was excited uh, to watch this specific documentary, specifically because I've been engaged. I know this will shock a lot of people, but in many online Uh, heated exchanges about the debate of who's the greatest basketball player of all time is it michael jordan or lebron james and so literally 
There's uh, literally no what I don't I don't think Kobe's in that discussion for the greatest. I'm gonna say maybe. Listen, I hate LeBron. Let's don't even don't even okay. Don't even well, so speak. Do you his see name. the passion? You see the passion that's here, people. <laughs> so I'm not even gonna go there, uh, except to say that I was really very much looking forward to this. This. Uh, run this Bulls run happened in the sweet spot for me in the 90s when I was finishing high school and going into college and obviously these stories dominated the world I I had forgotten about all the drama and I guess we should say too we're going to spoil real life here so if you don't want to know anything about this I think the uh, statute of limitations has expired here so we'll just talk about it (laughs) but I had forgotten about how the dynasty ended, mm-hmm. not whether they won the championship or not, but about how the team did, didn't did stay together. Right. And so this was, it brought back all these memories. You know, just from a craft standpoint, I agree with Daniel. I love the construction of this. I thought it was excellent to focus on the winding down of the team through the lens of the journey that they had to take as a team. And you really had two different teams at the core you had the first tr- uh, the first three peat that had a cast of characters and the second three peat that had a different cast of characters and they're really two unique stories one is about trying the first one about overcoming and trying to get through this bully in detroit in a detroit team that used to try to beat everybody up and intimidate them and then the second three peat which was more about perseverance and trying to stay motivated and obviously I'm a big believer that sport, when done right, helps people in life to to develop life skills, life lessons. And so I just really, really enjoyed this trip down memory lane. I, I think that I do think that there are times where it dances with being a Michael Jordan puff piece, if you will. It goes a little soft on him, I think, in some places. Although I was surprised at how um, open he seemed to be to discuss a lot of things. And I really liked the fact that they explored other people's backstories, individuals on the team. And as we go, I'm sure we can talk about that a little more. I love the fact that Jordan became emotional uh, at certain things that I didn't expect him to be. Uh, In particular, there's this, uh, it's at the end of episode, oh goodness, seven or eight in there somewhere where he he didn't get emotional when he talked about winning these championships or you know his kids or anything like mm-hmm. that but he actually got emotional when he said he was responding to the criticism like Daniel had mentioned that he was too hard on his teammates yeah. and that he was unlikable and he said you know this is what I decided to do with my life how I decided to play the game and it's how I approached it and it's how I became the best and that's how I chose to play and if you didn't want to play that way you didn't have to, and he got choked up, and I thought yeah. that was really That's interesting so because what it did is it gave us a glimpse into his psyche, which was he doesn't understand how anybody could not approach it that way. He is clearly aware of the fact that he had to uh, he had to be really a jerk to these guys um, in order to get them to excel, and obviously there's lots of discussion on whether that's effective or not. I am one of those people, unlike, because I have seen lots of people say, I watched this and I like Michael Jordan less. I had the absolute opposite effect. Mm -hmm. I I like him so much more. Um, And that's because I am one of those people that believes that sometimes internal pressure when you're a part of a team really works. And not just a sports team, but it could be, you know, it could be a choir, it could be a work group, whatever where you have a boss or you have a coach and 
people on the group buy into the vision and then they self-police each other and they hold each other to a high standard and sometimes it's negative and sometimes it's hard but it's that esprit de corps that develops through trial which makes you stronger because i guarantee mm-hmm. you if you went back i guarantee you and again i'm this is just conjecture but all those players that complain about how michael rode them in practices and crushed them all the time I guarantee you they wouldn't change a thing. I guarantee you they'd do it again um, mm-hmm. because they got the results that they wanted and they got to be a part of something special. So I've talked too long. I'm just, I'm very passionate about this kind of stuff because mm-hmm. I really do. I love the fact that you can even look at the entourages, for example, like the Dennis Rodman entourage. He's like, I got to go to Vegas and party. And Mike, not saying that Jordan didn't party. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. We all know. But his entourage was like his dad and his old security guards right. and the his assistant slash best friend. He They were there to protect him to stay on task, right? And I just, mm-hmm. it, it fired me up. It inspired me because people love and are attracted to exceptionalism. There's something exciting and thrilling to see someone who is the best in the world at the height of their, their powers in their prime. Yeah. So I loved it. I loved everything about it. I thought it was fantastic. Well, that's awesome. I that's great hearing your perspective and it's very interesting that you came up with the exact opposite perception of michael jordan afterwards so i'm curious chris yeah what you thought about that um so your history with basketball what you thought and then let's just tag it on did you like michael jordan more or less or did it even have an effect yeah so i i grew up in the 90s um and i played basketball i mean i'm six foot six I was He's on a the varsity. Man. I was on the varsity, you know, basketball team, and so like I, yes, the '90s was the time for comic books and the Chicago Bulls, um, <laughs> and uh, I was all about this. I remember what I loved about this docu series was that it felt like the behind the scenes on a DVD from a film that I had watched. Do you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I knew yeah. the story. Um, I had experienced it years ago. I was familiar with the cast of characters, but I had no idea because I was a kid, right? I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes to see, you know, and I, you know, whether fairly or unfairly, you know, the villain of Jerry Krause, um, the, uh, the, the, the dream team coming together for the first time, uh, you know, like you already talked about the Dennis Rodman leaving for Vegas, I, you know, I, I was aware of those, you know, the things being talked about by the the color commentators on the screen while I was watching the games, but I didn't really give it much thought. It was just background noise to cheering on this incredible, amazing thing called the Chicago Bulls and them doing these this, this, this thing that never been done in sports history. I, I, as I was watching this, I was just transported back to my childhood. I remembered where I was while I was watching these games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, the, those buzzer, the, 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 the whatever, the, the quote unquote flu game. Um, the, you know, all of this stuff was just, oh my gosh, I, I could not just get over. I was sucked into this. I would have, I would have watched 20 hours of this. Um, yeah, man. I, I was so into it. Uh, I yeah the, the answer is it gave me a greater appreciation for what Michael Jordan had to do and this is what I mean the thing that hit me the hardest and I think we all understand and know this on like a kind of a low level but we don't think about it very often is that when you're on the top of your game when you are the very best in the world and you know you're the best and you realize that you are the secret sauce which Michael Jordan was and he knew he was he was a jerk about it yeah but I mean he also that caused and like you said his entourage proved 
you know, he was also extremely isolated. You know what I mean? That scene when he's yeah. in a ho hotel room and, you know, they're talking about, well, this is the only time I get to, to relax. Any other time I walk outside, I have to be perfect. I have to yeah. appeal to everyone, Democrats and Republicans. You know what I mean? Blacks, whites. I have to, I, I have to be just completely neutral everyone i'm a brand do you know what i mean if i make a mistake if i say something wrong everything collapses mm. um it's not just him i mean literally if if he were to make one wrong move hundreds of people suddenly no longer have the job that they had yesterday and so like so much pressure there was even outside the game of basketball that i really hadn't thought about that gave me context and just kind of blew me away so for me this was one of the very best documentary, docu-series, whatever you want to say, I've ever watched, mainly because, like I said before, it helped give me context to moments in time that I was aware of, but I didn't know what was going around. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know the Scottie Pippen stuff, where, yeah. you know what I mean, he just decided not to come in on that last play and what it did to that team. Like, oh, I was so into these stories. And I it was... This, the, 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 the show did such a great job of drawing me in and it felt like I was being told these things, you know, around a dinner table or whatever. And like, whoa, go into that story more. Come on, keep telling me more. And it did. And it had the freedom. It wasn't two hours. It was 10 hours. So it had the time to tell these stories. You know, the, Stephen Kerr, the Steve Kerr um, kind of tangent where it talked about his his experience with his dad passing away and Michael Jordan great. and his dad passing away, but they never talked about it. That kind of mm -hmm. breaks my heart. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what? You're on the same team and you never talked about the shared experience. So I just, I think they did a wonderful job of threading all of these moments, giving us greater context and just did it in an excellent way where I felt like the, the medium disappeared and I was just experiencing the story that's truly magical and special for me. So and I really enjoyed it. And how lucky and fortunate are we that they had that camera crew following yes. them around yeah, that last season. Great. Insane. Wow. Insane. So, awesome. so how, Chris, how do you feel about Michael Jordan after watching that? Oh, I think I said, I, 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 I respect him more. I still think, obviously, this is what we know about people who are highly, highly successful. Mm -hmm. They're jerks and they have to be because no, everyone else, you know, there's like that, that group in the middle of just kind of like, you know, we're going to stay here and be mediocre. And then there's some people who kind of draw out of that line and they rub people the wrong way because they push them to be better. You hear stories of Steve Jobs or, you know, anybody who is highly, highly just great at what they do. They always rub people the wrong way. And so I always assumed that Jordan was definitely, you know, pushed people. To the extent that they show here, yeah, it, it definitely seemed intense. Like, I was like, whoa, wow, I had no idea. But I'm glad they at least addressed that. Yeah. Um, they probably did pull the punch a little bit. I, I'm, I'm curious what really happened in some of those. I'd, like, I'd love right. to hear more of what Horace Grant was saying. Like, I feel like For Horace sure. Grant was saying things that I, w I was like, man, I'd love to just sit down with Horace and hear. Because he seems like a guy who has mm -hmm. some stories. Um, so anyway, but yes, I respect... My opinion of Michael Jordan did not change. I still think he's the greatest. I have immense respect for him, but he's definitely, you know, a, a, somebody who expects the best because he is the best. 
Um, and if you're not going to give it to him, he doesn't have the time for you. And that is the way it is. You can't argue it. You really can't. He is the best that's ever played. You either get on this train or you get off. I, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. He just he is. He's the best. So you can't you can't argue. So there it is. Okay. I hope that answered your question. So, I mean, that's kind of a political answer, but we'll take it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the political answer? No, I, I mean, I, you just said anyone that's like that is going to be like that. But you didn't really say if you liked him more or not. I, I, yeah, I liked him the same. Like okay. yes, you're the, neutral. The, the okay. answer, no, no. The answer is he's I, Switzerland. No, I'm not <laughs> Switzerland. I think he's great. I, yes, just, sure. Yes, a very lengthy response. So I, I couldn't. I wasn't I have sure a greater, what the answer was. I have a greater respect <laughs> for what Michael Jordan was able to accomplish than I did before I watched the series. Okay, so yes, did you like him more or less? Neutral. Switzerland. Such a, such a weird answer. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Did Chris I doesn't like, like anybody, <laughs> so there's I your don't, answer. I don't know him. I don't know if you know this about Chris. He's highly <laughs> successful, therefore he hates everybody. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's right. I hate everyone. Okay, well, okay, so a, a kind of answer and a non-answer, whatever that was. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll chime in my thoughts on it. Um, uh, my quick history with basketball is not a quick history. I grew up in a very highly motivated basketball family my dad played in college I played in college uh, my brother played in college um, so basketball was like my life for the first 23 years of it it was like everything didn't you say you were going to marry Dirk Nowitzki or something like that at oh some no point? when I was 12 I I had pictures of him all over my room <laughs> I literally would I have my no- uh, notebook which I got him to sign because I met him when I was 13 nice. um, I had a notebook where I kept track of his of every single game all nice. of his stats and I wrote it down I had him signed it and he was he was like oh that was a good game like I remember it it was such a pivotal <laughs> moment in my life um, but the best thing this is a total sidebar and a shameless plug but I got to work for the Dallas Mavericks for one year um, nice. As one of those people that throw the T-shirts out in the stands, and it was All in right. 2011 when we won, so I got to be in the parade and hold the Larry O'Brien trophy and kiss it, and I have pictures of it, and it was the greatest year of my life nice. in sports. So anyway, now that we got that out of the way, I in your love- face, Beecher, that was the best <laughs> year. It was the trophy <laughs> <laughs> in sports. In sports, to clarify. No, that's um, right. Yes. So um, yeah. So I remember. Uh, watching Michael Jordan play. I was younger, though, so I actually, I don't really remember the first three-peat, but I do remember the second three-peat because I was maybe nine and ten in the second three-peat, so have some memories there. But I did not know all the drama that was going on with the tearing up of the team, and it was just really cool to see all the the behind-the-scenes. I I feel like my only maybe criticism that I didn't like about it, um, I feel like in moments it felt a little too pro Michael Jordan, just like, just sure. slightly, not, you know, not overtly or anything, but, um, I agree, but I did read that. So he actually purchased the footage. Michael Jordan owned the footage that was from that final year of, um, the bulls run. And he just held on to it for years until, I don't know if he reached out to people or if someone reached out to him to do this documentary. So he technically had to approve it before it aired. Yeah. This but, is, this is made with his production company too. Right, right. So he had Final Cut. Uh, I read what the director said, and they said that um, while he did have Final Cut, he didn't really make any story changes. But I know if you're a filmmaker and you're making a documentary and you know the person you're making it about has Final Cut, I don't know how that would change how you... I feel like that would affect how you make it. Yeah, Um, Ken Burns Burns called out this documentary and said that he he didn't think it was 
uh, I don't I don't remember his exact words, so I'm not quoting him, but he, he kind of slammed the documentary and said that it's not honest because of Michael Jordan's involvement with the production and all that stuff. So, so. dumb. That's so what dumb. What does Ken Burns know about documentaries? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a terrible source. And I, I don't know how much that would have changed or not have changed. I will say, I'll tell you that I felt like in the middle, uh, like the, the middle episodes dragged a little bit for me. I felt like there were maybe a little too much... I mean, I miss sports. I love sports. I already knew the outcome of these sports. I felt like they focused maybe on the games a little much because my favorite part is just hearing the stories of the yep. players and the behind the scenes because we've already seen the games. I think what I wanted to see more, I wish they would have done like two episodes on him or just do a separate docuseries on him altogether where the stuff where they talked about Dennis Rodman. Yeah. I have so <laughs> many questions. And I, I'm just like, I want to know this person and his thoughts and and what why he do does you, what though? he does. <laughs> no, I you think never, I do. You never ever can. That is an impossibility. There's no way. But I want to try. Like yeah. he's just such a interesting person. Like I don't I don't yeah. think there's a more interesting person maybe in the world. I, I don't know. Yeah. Most interesting man in the world. But yeah, and uh, so I just I loved all the the emotional stories and it, I will say it, it, the timing of it was great. Because no one is watching sports right now, so it yeah. was a yes. nice kind of yep. filler for Lucky sports. For Overall, though, I really enjoyed it. I wish it would have been eight episodes instead of ten, but that's just because it's hard to watch ten hours um, in a short period of time. <laughs> On what you just said, didn't they push this up, though? Wasn't it supposed to come out later in the year, and they did? I think that's true. Yeah, could oh, they push I didn't it? Know that. I'm pretty sure yeah. because of I think it was a fall release originally. Gotcha. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was smart. That, that was a very smart sense, move. Though. Yeah. It was very yeah, because you have everyone just. I mean, most people are still at least at home more. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was a good move. Yeah. So, April, do you like him more <laughs> or less? So, I am actually on Chad's side with this. I like Michael Jordan more because I actually completely understand that mindset uh, because when I, I – granted, I have no Michael Jordan. But when I would play basketball, my dad was like the Michael Jordan in my life. And if I had a bad first half, I literally would leave the locker room to go get yelled at by my dad. Um, and he would like trash talk me and just tell me how <laughs> terrible I was until I got mad. And then I always played <laughs> wow. amazing in the That's second it. half. You better amazing. believe it. I'll show you. I know. And, and I feel like there's like, more conversation needed around that. But I am uh, I am not a uh, a therapist, <laughs> licensed therapist. But if you want to talk more about this, I'm I happy. Love it. I'm happy yeah. to discuss. No, he is this. my biggest cheerleader, and my mom and my mom would be like, you know, he'll stop if you just tell him to stop. It's like, but I, I was like, no, like I need it. I need. I to know get what mad. I need. <laughs> like, yeah. I, if I don't get angry, I don't play well. So, yeah, that was your version of Jordan, like having to make reasons up to be mad at people to motivate himself. Right. Except exactly. in your case, your dad was actually, you know, on your case. I know. I literally, my dad would tell me like before the games, like you have to get mad. Think of something to get mad. Pretend that the girl across the, the court, like cheated on you or cheated on your boyfriend oh my gosh i can't use words cheated on you but not <laughs> uh whatever whatever just we get mad it. at them i we get you it. get the point um so anyway and then usually i couldn't do that on my own so then he would just make me mad so it's great so anyway so i understand where that came from uh and i don't i don't ever think he ever meant it like maliciously it was almost like a way of him caring because it's what he wanted but he also wanted to bring everyone with him, so I actually liked him more. Just seeing the, kind of the human side, and yeah, I, I really. I mean, liked the, it. 
the act of coaching, just the innate act of what it is, is not necessarily a pleasant experience. The yeah. act of what it takes for you to grow as an athlete or an academic or whatever it is, uh, you're being stretched, you're being challenged. And a lot of times now, obviously, that can be neglected. And of course, but in a healthy relationship like this, there are scenarios where you need somebody to just I'll never forget, and this was not a this wasn't a basketball or a sports thing. I was in a in a singing ensemble for, for if you can believe that, but it was run like a sports team. And one of the worst chewing outs that I ever got was uh, in that group. But I needed it. I didn't know that no, I needed it. Not that was group. It like whiplash. <laughs> It like, it was not quite like whiplash. Like there were no physical. Thi- no, that's not. Tr- no, it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> but it was it was dancing with it. Okay. But the thing was is that it made me so angry mm. that I was like, I will freaking show you, and I did. And it was so it was just one of those things. And it doesn't work for everybody, but for me, it did. I, I think April people that have a lot of experience or not a lot, but have experience in this may understand it a little better. And I'm not saying that against you, Daniel. I just mean. You know, there are people that will watch this and be completely shocked and think it's just all awful. And I understand that Mm -hmm. point of view as well. I do think it's interesting, though, April, what you're saying about Rodman is that one of the things that I thought was interesting that it that it explored a little bit. And this also goes to what Chris was saying about what was happening at the practice with with Jordan and the way he treated people is that Phil Jackson was the chess master in all of this, right? So he was allowing things to happen and orchestrating things to happen behind the scenes Mm -hmm. because Dennis Rodman's going to listen to Michael Jordan a lot faster than he would maybe listen to Phil Jackson. Um, But what I loved about it is that, you know, one of the, one of the mistakes in leadership that people often make is trying to lead everybody the exact same way. And I, you just can't. It doesn't work that way because people need different things. And so right, what yes. I appreciated was that they said, you know, Dennis Rodman is going to bounce and go party in Vegas for 48 hours. It's going to turn into 36 hours or whatever it did. Because when he came back, he gave maximum effort on the floor and he yes. produced. Yep. And it was really more, I think, about attitude and his attitude when he was there than it was even about the production because if he was there and then he was also just kind of half in it wouldn't have worked and so i just thought it was a really interesting dynamic that coaching at that level it's not it's not necessarily just it's primarily not about x's and o's when you've got athletes at that level it's about managing all of those personalities and positioning them in a place uh, to be motivated and i thought that was really fascinating about the entire documentary Another thing, too, I I wanted to say about Dennis Rodman was it was I always see him as like a rebel and someone who just bucks authority and has no respect really for anybody. But the moment he started talking about Michael Jordan, you could see how much he respected Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Like that was fascinating to see him like go for like, no, I don't care. about, And then suddenly he was like, no, I really I really respect that. And you're just like, wow, like Jordan definitely is able to, I mean, he was a leader here. You know what I mean? Like, and people, because of his, because of his high performance, I think he said it even in the documentary, he never asked anybody to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself. And like that kind of example is proof in the pudding. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, you're going to do it. I expect you to do it with me. And if you don't, you're out, you're nothing to me. And Rodman definitely did. You know, he was crazy, but when he got on that freaking court, he Game time. got right, those up. rebounds. Yeah. He was a baller. He knew how to get that ball. There's no doubt. 
to be clear, I definitely didn't. I don't dislike uh, Michael Jordan from what I what I saw here. Uh, just just to be clear, I thought it was. I thought uh, I really respect the way he led. I loved the story that they told about the the fight between him and Steve Kirk. Just yes. uh, that he, mm-hmm. he he like Steve wasn't really he wasn't really a, a player at that point, right? He was just kind of a, a, a placeholder. Is kind of how they were. It, it seemed like they were describing a it. role and then, player. Yeah, yeah. Player. and then they just they. They had this conflict, and he kind of showed them, like, no, I'm here to fight. And uh, he went on. He and performed. Scored, scored the, yeah, he performed. He exactly. performed. He earned yeah. his respect. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it was, I really appreciated that story especially. I also found it completely fascinating um, that I had no idea about Rodman was just how he studied um, how right. people shot and where yeah. the ball, the angles of for the rebounds. Like yes. I've never been taught that in my years of playing basketball. No one taught me to learn the angles of like where the ball's coming from. So you just position yourself well. Because if you're in the right spot, you don't have to fight nearly as hard. And yeah, I just I thought that was fascinating because I've never thought Super about cool. studying rebounding like well, that. Well, because in the NBA, you know, you're going to play the same people multiple times. So he's right. like, I knew I knew if Carl shoot it with his left hand, I know where it's going. Right. That was that was really really fantastic. I did um I I loved and I think somebody mentioned it earlier, but Steve Kerr's story was yeah. just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It I had was never crazy. heard that story. I hadn't either. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, I think it was you, Daniel, that said, maybe Chris, but the fact that they had that shared experience yeah. and um, and didn't ever talk about it, it just seems strange to me. Yeah. One of the things, so I, I do think we should probably talk about maybe some of the things that we didn't like because we've been pretty effusive on it. I do wish that it leaned, and I know this wasn't the kind of the story, but we didn't see anything about his kids until episode 10. We saw his children mm-hmm. for the first time. I, yeah. I was, as they were backing as they were telling stories about other people's backgrounds, it would have been nice to know a little bit. We saw the little kids running around in footage, but like Mm -hmm. hearing from them about what role his family played and and how maybe they had to also suffer from his singular focus on the game. Wasn't in it at all. Was she? No, I think they're divorced. I don't think so. Correct. They're divorced and he is, he's, he's remarried. Um, Yeah. Okay. But she she was in a couple of photos, but no, they, they didn't point it out, and she did, she wasn't on camera as an interview. To, yeah. to me, that's a, that's an example of Michael Jordan was in control of this documentary, right? Yeah, like, right. yeah, totally. And, oh, for and sure. If the, if he wasn't in control of this documentary, the filmmakers would have reached out. I mean, maybe they did reach out. I we I don't know. I don't know what happened. But I do I, know I, that they reached out to Carl Malone several times, and he did he refused huh. to be in it. Sorry, mailman. <laughs> so what was what was funny, and I, this wasn't in the documentary, but uh, Scotty Pippen, which I had forgot about the fact that this guy was the second best player in the league. He was the freaking glue to that team. Mm-hmm. He really was a freak show athlete, but he was Underpaid. on a horrifically bad contract. Yeah. And, and, and I understand the owner, but I was so mad at that owner yes. because yes. I get it. I totally get it that you would say, now I told him that this is a long contract and if I were you, I wouldn't sign it to a guy who wants to be financially secure and take care right. of his family. Right. And then he produces for you at that level and you're like, listen, I don't renegotiate contracts. Well, you know what? That's garbage because yeah. this man this man has made has increased your the value mm-hmm. of your franchise tenfold. Take care of that guy. And I'd yep. forgotten about all that drama. But back to back to the mailman. One thing I read after this, it wasn't a documentary, is toward the end of one of those games, Carl Malone had two free throws at the very end to either tie or go ahead with just a couple of seconds left. 
and the Bulls talked about the fact that it's like some of the greatest trash talk in history. Malone was there, and he's like an 80% free throw shooter, and he was on fire that game. And so Pippen walks by right when he goes. Right, or it was on a Sunday. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pippen walks by, and he goes, hey, Carl. He's like, the mail doesn't get delivered on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and then he missed both free throws. <laughs> So anyway, I just I, I I loved seeing that glimpse into Scottie mm-hmm. Pippen because he's he he was the underrated star on that team. He was just a phenomenal player. And what I liked is that Jordan and I didn't think he would go there, but he did. He in essence said and and overtly said sometimes he couldn't do it by himself. He said I was winning all these scoring titles, but I had to have help to get over the top. And I really thought that was that showed some growth. Yeah, I think actually now that now I remember, I like Michael Jordan more after this. More yeah, dude. Oh, because good. because there's no doubt that his gro- the arc of his growth. I and mean, again, like whether he produced this and you know highly controlled it or not, I don't care. What we're presented with, what I've been presented with in this documentary, gives you a glimpse that he definitely was. There's there's a growth arc, uh, you know, and that third mm-hmm. level realizing that he does need a team to trust people to allow them because they they show that you know at the very yeah. beginning when he was trying to do it all by himself he couldn't get anything done and it wasn't until he actually got a group of guys behind him that really you know did the like you said he was the number two player in the league he could have gone to another team and been really great yeah. um, but chose to stick with this group and becomes the best legacy of, of all time in basketball. And so like mm-hmm. that is, that's saying quite a bit for this, you know, for this group. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I, I think that was, that was great. So anyway, the most heartbreaking piece for me was hearing him say, I wanted to go for seven. Yes. Yeah. Cause I wanted him to go for seven. The everybody wanted did. Wanted and that. so the idea that, and he even said, he's like, everybody would have signed single year contracts. He goes, now Pippen, we'd have had to work out. But he's like, we would have done it. And so the fact that that ownership team... Jerry Krause, man, they definitely not, gave him a villain. Could not man, put he was, that team... And I like that Michael said, so, you know, maybe we wouldn't have won. He's like, but I sure would have liked to have found out. Well, so would yeah, the world. Right. It's just, it's hard to put yourself in that mindset of the owner or the GM because it, ultimately it has to come down to a power struggle. Because if you right. know, if we get in a room together and we can get this team to go back and go for four in a row and instead you trade everybody and blow it up, man... That That's is crazy. the ultimate little man syndrome. He didn't like For that sure. he wasn't getting any credit. No which credit. he should get some credit because he did Agreed. manage, you know, both sets of teams that went for three peats. But But I um, will say that is the part of this that I wanted I wanted to know a lot more. I wanted to know his side of the story. Uh, because it they they definitely painted him as the villain. There's no doubt that all of these guys did not like him because he, he represented the quote unquote business side. I would love to know more from i mean obviously i know he passed well, away in 2017 but like scotty yeah. pippen did say at the in, at the end of episode 10 he said you know we had the greatest player of all time we had the greatest uh, franchise of all time and he said honestly we had the greatest gm of all time i mean sure, he, they, sure. they gave him credit ish, it's just that ish, ish. ish they just but you know when you're working for somebody like that it's going to be hard to do that especially for pippen to say that when he was the one that got screwed over by kraus the most right you know what are you gonna do I just can't believe he said to the media that Phil Jackson would not be coming back no matter what happened. No matter what. It's crazy. Who does that? I don't even. even. And like, why blow up your coach? Like, you can rebuild and keep your same 
winning coach, but whatever. Yeah. Well, these are the uh, questions I'd love to have answered. That's what I mean. I'd love to have ex- ex- yeah. gone down that road a little bit. It is so. delightful. So this one and the O.J. Simpson one done by, I am very much on the train now of these eight and ten hour yes, me too, deep man. dives into the yes. world of sports. They can be done in a way that emphasizes story uh, and the fact that it has sports ball is just is almost a bonus. <laughs> so nobody else wanted to hear more about Space Jam? No? Just me? All right. <laughs> I know all the songs. Space Jam. I literally was about to bust out into one, but I, I almost did too. I yeah, held back. I it's like, it's going to come back to haunt me. <laughs> I, I just want to emphasize that uh, as much as I don't really care about basketball that much, like this is a phenomenal documentary. So, yeah. um, so if you like me, don't yeah. really care about basketball or didn't, didn't watch these games or anything like that. Like this is still really gripping and, and great storytelling. So yeah, it's great. So why don't we just real quick, I think I know where we all are, but just go around and say if you if people should watch this or not watch it. And there's only one way to watch it, so you have to be streaming anyway. So, Daniel, start with you. Yeah, absolutely. It is definitely definitely worth the watch. Okay, Chad? Yeah, 100%. It's amazing. Chris? Yes. All right, and I agree. So there you have it. All the screeners say you should watch it, so go watch it if you haven't yet. And now we're going to um, dive into spoilers. No, <laughs> <laughs> Which is called Google. Google it. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Well, we are almost halfway through 2020, and I, I think it goes without saying, you know, we weren't able to do our summer movie wager this year, which sucks because we really like doing that. That's that's one of our favorite episodes each year. But even though we can't do that, another thing we typically do halfway through the year is talk about our favorites from the first half of the year. So Obviously, this is going to look a little different. There, there are not nearly as many yeah. films because of the current situation, but we're still going to do it. We're going to talk about our top three favorite films from 2020 so far, and we're also going to talk about our top three shows of 2020 so far. Now, the caveat on the shows is that uh, it's, it's a little harder to say shows just from 2020. So kind of we're just saying new shows that you've caught up with in 2020. Um, all of my shows are from 2020, but... We're opening it up. So not that Chris is going to listen to the rules anyway. True. Never. I don't even know <laughs> what are rules. You'll have to explain that to me. Yeah, yeah. I, well, another time. So we are going to dive in. We're going to start with films first. So uh, let's start with April. April, what is your number three favorite film of 2020 so far? I literally have like a three-way tie, and I don't want any of them to be on my top three of the year. So I'm just going to pick one. Pick one. Um, Birds of Prey. There you okay. go. Oh, okay. number three. Okay. Yeah. There you go. All right. Yeah, that's good. It's a good movie. All right, Chris. Was it? No, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. There wasn't a lot of options, guys. I didn't like that, all that. That is true. Either. That's very accurate. There were so not wait, a lot of you options. you 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 enjoyed Birds of Prey? Like I I, didn't I did enjoy Birds of Prey. Fascinating. Fascinating. It's fine. <laughs> I, it's a fine movie. It's not. It's okay. Yeah. It's Listen, okay. <laughs> I, as again, I, I really don't want it on my top three I, I just picked one of three that were all in the same line because i was like do i really have to put this i would much rather just have a top two i have a top two easy okay fair this enough one was, a, was a challenge yes Thank so you. chris chris yes. what is your number three favorite film of 2020 so far i think i need to make the caveat in that i have not watched many new movies in 2020 and I, it really had to rack my brain for many of them but i think so these three are just kind of the three that I remembered really enjoying, and I believe they came out in 2020, so correct me if I'm wrong. I know you will. I will. Um, <laughs> the Invisible Man. Um, nice. I, I really, 
I really enjoyed. Uh, well, no, I don't know if these are in any order. I'm just telling you three. Um, hey, Chris, this is a top three. It is top three. That is doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't listen to rules. Uh, the Invisible Man. Numbers yeah. mean nothing to me. <laughs> I really enjoyed The Invisible Man, and I would recommend it. So there it is, The Invisible Man. Okay. All right. So that is his number three favorite movie of the year. There are two more that he likes better. All right. Chad, on to you. What is your number three favorite film of 2020 so far? Well, just like everybody here, the challenge was trying to find enough movies to have a decent sample size so that the movies weren't garbage. I know, Daniel, you will have crushed everybody as far as the number of films that you've seen. I think I've seen half of what you have. But my number three of all is the biggest surprise of my list at this point. Uh, and I also, like April, had this tied with two others. But I thought, hey, why not? I'm a, I want some joy in my life. Sonic the Hedgehog is number three. I knew it. In your I face. just knew it. Wow. I don't care. It brings, it brings joy to me. Wow. I, I loved watching it with my eight-year-old son. He He's watched it maybe five times. He watched it three times in the theater. I think this movie is good. It's got classic Jim Carrey, but it's a good, sweet story. I think mm-hmm. the performances are nice. I really enjoyed it. So out of the 18 or 20 movies or whatever I've seen at this point, it's my number three. Bam. I said it. All right, another another go. fine movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, passive uh, aggressive Daniel is yeah. back. That uh, was overtly aggressive, actually. It, it was pretty. Uh, so yeah, I, I too have not seen very many movies. Um, uh, yes, I've seen more than more than eighteen, but uh, so many of them are are just really small indie movies because that's all that's been out really. So, uh, <laughs> so not still not a whole lot to choose from. So for my number three is a movie we did a full review on. That is Bad Education. Um, oh, okay. I, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's w- really well constructed. It's it's quick and simple. And it has a great Hugh Jackman performance. But uh, yeah, it really worked for me. So tell them how bad you, how bad it is. April, go. It's bad. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> not. <laughs> Actually, this, I didn't like that at all. But I had it. That was one of my three that I couldn't decide between. Like, I didn't even really like that movie, and it was almost on my top three. I mean, three. it's definitely better than Birds of Prey, but that's fine. Mm. So Yeah, sure. you know, I, I know it is technically better, <laughs> but I was not going to do it out of it was the a principle heart of it. was it. a heart pick. I hear you. Fair enough. All right, so it is back to you, April. What's your number two favorite film so far? My number two, I love this film. I don't care what you say. It's The Lovebirds. Wow. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's good, guys. It's not. Wow. <laughs> it's a lot of things good. It's not one of them. No. Oh, man. No, we oh. just have to have a sense of humor. Wait, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious because we Chris wasn't on this episode, but Chris had a very positive reaction just now. Yes. Of course he did. Do Guess you like probably, the lovebirds? A, a, am I going next? Yes. Oh gosh, it's go. the Lovebirds, Great. number two. Oh, wow. <laughs> I am not joking when I say two nights ago, my wife and I watched the Lovebirds together, and we laughed the entire time. And it, had was a so at, it was so funny. It was so funny. What did you How laugh? Did you laugh? So wonderful. No was there something else movie. going on in the room that you were laughing at? <laughs> oh my gosh, exactly. you guys have no humor. Yeah, you I don't guys know. need a light. You guys up. are. What's happening? What's happening uh, with you? I had no idea that know. you didn't like this movie. I no, I, was I got I got hated on last week, Chris. Where were you? I'm so sorry because I. I'm here to defend that <laughs> that that feeling. This is, this is a wonderfully charming film. What is why? What why I hate the Lovebirds? It is it's so it's, good. It's I a beautiful that. beautiful piece. It of was cinema. fine. It, as much as I'm making jokes, I, I was positive overall. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I was sound not. like I, it. I, I was negative overall. Okay, I'll own it. It's not funny. The movie is a comedy that has no comedy in it. It's terrible. Tell what that to the laughs about? that came out of my belly. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you're just. 
you're tired of being at home and you've got <laughs> kids running everywhere and you just wanted wow. some respite from the quarantine. I, that's just my guess. Some mansplaining happening right now. I don't <laughs> know about this. Ooh, yes, shots fired. <laughs> All right, all right, Chad. What is your number two so far? My number two is the Invisible Man. Uh, yes. This was a big surprise for me, for sure. I, um, as we discussed on our full review of it, I went in with somewhat low expectations. I liked it. I thought it was good, well made. We had had some problems with it, but overall, I, when I was looking back over what I've seen, I, it's got to be number two. Nice, very good. And for me, my number two is is a a movie. I think I mentioned on our last episode. We were doing what have you been watching? And it's the way back. It is uh, so. Oh, yeah. so I really good. want to see that. It's I do too. great. It, Still haven't had a chance to see it. You guys need to watch it. It is uh, Chris. Have you seen it, Ben Affleck? I have not yet. I, I've seen it, but I've just. I, I mean, I've seen it advertised, yeah, but I have yeah. not actually watched it yet. Yeah, definitely. You guys need to watch it. it it's um, it's definitely framed like a typical basketball movie, but mm-hmm. the execution is really excellent and it's it's definitely got a different kind of different plot construction than you would expect from this type of movie and so yeah i i really really enjoy that movie quite a lot actually have a friend who was the assistant art director on that nice 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 congrats to them because it's a great movie i know i know i want to see it yeah all right uh back to you april what is your favorite film of 2020 so far this one was pretty easy for me i haven't seen many movies but i did love this film and it's already been mentioned invisible man yeah. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, you're yes. like, oh, a good film finally. I'm surprised. <laughs> that's, I mean, you yeah, know. that's yes, that's my reaction. Correct. Uh, great. <laughs> Daniel is saucy tonight. <laughs> it's a little burn. Wow. Sorry, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it around. I'm gonna be more positive for the rest of the episode. Uh, Chris, I'm so yeah. excited to hear your number one favorite movie <laughs> of the year so far. What is it? Yes. Well, you know, there was a shocker for me because I expected this movie to be terrible. And I'm sure you guys thought it was, but it is my kind of movie. And I actually was wonderfully surprised by how, how well it was made. The only thing I didn't really like about it was the, the main actor. I wish he was hmm. kind of miscast, but I liked, I maybe loved uh, Bloodshot. Um, I Whoa. really had a good time oh. with Bloodshot. Um, have you guys? Did you guys see it or review I it? I've not seen it yet. No. I haven't seen it yet. No. I mean, genuinely, I thought it was going to be terrible. It just looked like it was going to be run-of-the-mill like action movie. Number one, don't watch any trailers. Um, I hadn't watched many of them, but I was just curious. Uh, it came on to you know because it was in this COVID season. It just came on available to to watch uh, on demand early, and man. I was shocked by how much I thought it was actually really well done. Uh, it's better than you think it is. So I, I would definitely recommend, if you haven't seen it, you're a fan of action and you enjoy, I don't want to call it a, if you enjoy, you think you're being set up for one movie and it becomes something completely different in the middle. And that was interesting to me. So Bloodshot, I would I would highly recommend it. Wow, yeah. I did not expect that. Interesting. Yeah. No, no, please. You really should. You guys really should. Check it out. I, I'm curious to know what you guys thought of it. Yeah, it's on my list. I, w- I will check that out. Cool. All right, Chad, what is your favorite movie so far? So this is a movie you reviewed, and it's a movie, Daniel, that I'm mo- way more positive on than you, and it's a movie that April, in a shocking turn of events, didn't like because she doesn't like good movies these days. Uh, but my favorite is Bad Education. I, I nice. think it's better than just good. I think this movie mm. has f- has 
a couple of award caliber performances in it. I think the script is really tight. I think it's constructed in such a way that a subject matter that could be tedious is instead thrilling. It's interesting. It's beautifully shot. And I really enjoyed Bad Education. It's my favorite movie that I've seen so far. Nice. Uh, As a a sidebar, um, so Corey Finley directed Bad Education, and we've talked a lot about Invisible Man on this episode as well. So Universal is kind of rebooting all of their, you know, monster movies in the same way that they did Invisible Man. And so it was just announced this week, Corey Finley's next project is going to be a a Wolfman uh, film of some kind starring Ryan Gosling. So interesting. So very interesting. So we'll see. As soon as they said Corey Finley, I was like, oh, yep, I'm in. Yes. So so is is, is Russell Crowe's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde just not (laughs) the dark universe? (laughs) I've been waiting. Hilarious. I'm just kidding. Hilarious. Is he going to sing in that? I hope. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh. You're right, but Les Mis is great. Anyway, no, so uh, that movie is awful. Don't say Les Mis. It's a phenomenal <laughs> movie, but don't get me on that. That movie is terrible. Love it. What do you mean? I like what? it. Whole, I like wholeheartedly it. love it. Uh, back, so, Chris. my favorite <laughs> film of 2020 so far is yes, it's The Invisible Man. That movie wow. is great. Wow. Um, All right. I just rewatched it a couple days ago for the first time since theaters, and uh, man, that is a great movie. It, it, it's just, um, it's so well directed, like crazy well directed. I love the shot composition and how, literally, there's just a sh- there are just shots of nothing happening in a room at all. Nothing happens for the yeah. entire duration of the shot. Nothing. And it's like really tense. And so, uh, yeah. man, it's just, it's really it's just a great movie. And uh, Elizabeth Moss has, I mean, I know there's not a lot of movies to choose from, but she's easily got the best performance of the year. So, yeah, yeah just uh, it's just a great movie. I'm glad. So so that was officially, that was on all of our lists. So, yes. so there you go. So that's mm-hmm. Screener's, Screener's favorite movie of the year so far. So Yeah, awesome. and I mean, I easily, For I sure. would easily, yeah. I would easily say that it that is the, the quote, quote unquote best film. Like if we were going to be giving an award, I agree with you on, on that. But my favorite yeah, uh, I, I'm not totally sure, but it was definitely great, no doubt. All right. Yeah, I can. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's great. So I, I, I do anticipate that that'll stay on my list uh, for some time. I, 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 it may end up in my top ten of the year uh, at the end of the year. We'll see. I, I really like the movie a lot. All right, so we I'm are going to move on to our top three TV shows, kind of of 2020. All right, so just can, can, before we do, can I just say I'm kind of shocked. You know, there was a Pixar movie that came out. Yeah, we didn't mm. talk about. You I'm still kind of shocked that well, Sonic the Hedgehog was on this one uh, <laughs> was on our list. So <laughs> but we we didn't do honorable mentions. Onward was yeah. an honorable mention okay. for me. Okay, right, that was good. my yeah. number good. four. That yeah. me too. As, as was Bad Boys for Life. Yes. I had that on my me too. Too. I love Bad Boys dude. for it was Life. So good. It's I so liked f- it. That's so funny that those are my two. Those are literally my two honorable mentions. I because I mean I I love Bad Boys for Life, but when I am the shocked. annals of history are written. This will be the saddest list. Yes, in all of yeah, time. really. Yes, really. <laughs> so true. Here's hoping that the rest of the year gets a lot more movies. Oh, listen, man. but Bad Boys for Life was legit good. I'll stand by that. I it liked good. it. Yeah, it was good. For it sure. was good. Yeah, and so was Onward. Onward was a, a very yeah. solid movie. Yeah, it Better, wasn't bad. It was yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, anyway, let's move on to our top three TV shows kind of, of 2020. All right, so just what shows, newish shows that you're catching up on that you kind of want to shout out as your top three. All right, 
So let's go in the same order. So April, what's your number three show of 2020? So I'm still in the middle of some shows that I feel like once I finish would be on this list, but I haven't finished them. So I thought that'd be unfair. My number three did not come out this year, but I watched it this year um, was season one of Succession. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm like five episodes in and it's very good, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just having a hard time. I don't know. I so feel like the, I feel like it's keeping it's me at arm's length it. a little bit. It's hard to love. Right. It. I yeah. will say. I think you're about to the point where I was starting to be like, mm, I don't yeah. know how I feel about this. But the ending of that season, uh, okay, was what solidified it for me. Okay. Okay. No, I, I, I felt wanna, the exact I, opposite. <laughs> really? You didn't like the ending? I did not. I really oh. felt it betrayed the characters. But I'm I'm trying to keep it generic. Yeah. But um, I yeah. it was so shocking that I was like, oh, okay, this is that kind of show. So, and then well, I've seen I, a lot of people talk about uh, season two. Yeah, I've heard so many good things. Uh, you know, some people are saying it's the best show, the best drama on TV right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I, I want to keep going. I just, like I said, I feel like it's keeping me at arm's length a little bit. But interesting. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting show for sure. Uh, yes. All right, uh, Chris, what's your number three favorite show so far? Well, I'm going to do a three a and a three B because of course you are Uh, well because because this isn't really a show it was a special um but because of the you know social distancing COVID 19 thing did you guys watch the parks and rec special Mm -mm. i sure did no No. okay well this is that this is like my addendum then i just say i adored it i had a wonderful time if you're a fan of parks and rec Mm. you should just watch this is just like 22 minute like skype conversation that is so well created and crafted and uh, I just, I, I really adored it. So that that's just my kind of my like public service yeah. announcement. You know, I love Parks and Rec. I, I, yeah. I, I sometimes go back and forth whether it might actually be better than The Office. And I I was really let down with that reunion. I, I didn't think it was executed well. It, it just felt really, I felt like it just felt thrown together. And like the way they got back and forth from the conversations was so. You're talking you about the special? Option. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh! I, th- I thought you said you didn't see it. Okay, gotcha. No, I did. I, I did see it. Yeah. I I had a great time with it. I I thought it was charming, and again, like they they were doing something. They were they were being as creative as they possibly could in sure. the space in which they had it. Sure. And I still think it was it was worth doing to just. I don't know. I I, I like being with those characters. I thought it was very very. I like being with them again. Sure. You know what I mean? That's sure. that's what I mean by that. That's why that's why it's just an addendum. Just a. Anyway, just sure. a freebie. There's a freebie. All right, so what's My number three, three is, uh, my actual number three is Altered Carbon Season 2. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys watched Altered Carbon on Netflix, the season one. It is dense sci-fi, noir. It is, was not expecting, in fact, I had put it off for a while watching the newest season, but my wife and I just were like, you know what, we're, we're, let's, let's watch it. We've liked the first season well enough. Let's, let's do this. So it's Anthony Mackie um, is the, the, the lead actor, and um, he's a detective, kind of like in uh, Blade Runner-esque uh, type future, where he's trying to, basically anybody can look like anyone else, because your, your consciousness is in a like a, a, a computer chip that's implanted into your brain stem um and so like if your body dies that's fine you just take out this chip and put it in a new body and you're good to go it's really good uh, i had a great time with season two 
if you're a sci-fi fan, I would recommend uh, checking out Altered Carbon Season 1 and Season 2. I think it's a, definitely a worthy um, successor to, uh, to, the, to the first season. So had a good time with it. Altered Carbon. Yeah, I haven't started it, but I think you're the, maybe the third or fourth person that said Season 2 was really good. It yeah. was. It was shockingly good, actually. I wasn't expecting much of it, and I, we just we, we gobbled it up within a week. Uh, mm. It was gone. So. Yeah, Tyler keeps telling me to watch it. But I haven't started it yet. You can't trust that guy. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad. What is your number three favorite show of 2020 so far? So my number, th- let me just say this. The Last Dance is better than anything that I've watched TV-wise for me. Um, but uh, number three for me is Devs. I know that's a polarizing pick. I know that uh, not a lot of people love it. I don't love it. Um, but out of what I've seen, I enjoy a show that you know, ask you to think. And, uh, I love the performance of Nick Offerman. And so, um, I just like something about Garland's aesthetic really clicks with me. So, uh, it's devs. I am with you. Devs is also my number three. I, it's, uh, and I do love it. I do love it. I think it is phenomenal actually. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Great pick. And we've already done a full review on that. So I don't need to dive in anymore, but yeah, it's definitely great. All right. Back to you, April. What's your number two favorite show right now? Uh, my number two is Dave from FXX. Oh, you keep mentioning man. this. I really yes. got to watch next on my list. Yes. next on my list. I forgot okay. I watched this. Oh, my gosh. Did you Thank like you. It? I loved oh, it. I loved every moment of it. Yeah, no, oh, please. It was so go. good. I just, I don't, I can't even really put into words what about it I loved so much, but it was just, I it's just so genuine. really enjoyed it. It was so surprising. And, yeah. like, surprisingly, like really moving in parts, but just hilarious and others, and yeah, I loved it. Nice, yeah, yeah that I is can't definitely wait to watch on that. my list for sure. It, he he he's so genuine. He's obviously playing a character, mm-hmm. you know, like other you know comedians do on their television shows. They play a version of themselves, but it definitely feels autobiographical. Like very mm-hmm. like he is being. He's trying to tell you something about himself right. in every episode. It's and he's really such a good rapper. He's so charming. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah. All right. Back to you, Chris. What's your number two favorite show of 2020 so far? This is another sports docu series, but I really like this one. And if you haven't watched the first season, I'd recommend that you watch the uh, the first and then this one. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Formula One: Drive to Survive. Um, ah. It is unbelievably great. I, 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 again, like I, I just, the moment the first season came out, I was going on a trip somewhere. So I downloaded like three episodes and I just, I literally binged the sucker the first season. And then, uh, the second season I did the exact same thing. It is so well produced. The stories are, are just so compelling. The way that it's shot is visceral. They basically just, you know, formula one is such a, like a high intense, crazy yeah. world and it just throws you right into it from like the production of the vehicles to the you know the big bombastic characters of the drivers to how in the world the owners are going to you know continue to pay for these you know incredibly you know luxurious things that are expected it's just it's really cool um, so formula 1 drive to, drive to survive on netflix if you if you like awesome. docu series you should watch it Nice. Yeah, I had not actually heard of that one. So Me nice. either. I haven't heard about it at yeah. all. Good Whoa, please watch. The, seriously, watch the first episode and just tell me what you think. Because I think you'll love it. Nice. Will do. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, uh, Chad, to you. What's your number two pick? Number two is The Outsider on HBO. I mm. am a huge Stephen King fan. Uh, the first, to the best of my recollection, the first novel that I read for pleasure on my own that wasn't assigned to me at school was a Stephen King book called The Eyes of the Dragon. And from that moment on, just loved loved everything that he wrote. And so this was an adaptation of a book that he wrote of the same same name. Um, I think it's probably two episodes too long, drags a little bit in the middle, but the premise is outstanding. The cinematography is as good as anything this year. Uh, great performances. The first two episodes are directed by Jason Bateman, and they're phenomenal. Um, you know, if you know Stephen King, it gets a little crazy town, as he always does toward the uh, ends of his stories. But overall, I think it was really outstanding television, and HBO is really kind of the only place making this kind of stuff. So it's The Outsider. Hey, Chad, I, I'm just going to, this is going to be like an aside, just this conversation between me and you. Should Melody and I watch this? Like, is this, is this something that we would enjoy? I, th- you know, uh, I'm going to say maybe. I mean, that's the thing about Melody is some Stephen King stuff. She, I think she obviously loves others. I don't know. It's pretty dark, but it's great. I mean, it's okay. pretty great. That's it's all I wanted great. to know. That's all I wanted to know. It's I, I keep wanting to start it, but I'm also kind of So like, let hesitant. me also say the first two episodes are as good as it gets, period. Like when, when okay. they're setting up the premise for what this is, I thought this was going to be my top ten shows of all time. And it Whoa. goes down from there. Not bad, but those first two episodes, as it's setting all the pieces out for what you're going to be watching. Yeah. Uh, and it goes someplace a little different, but it's it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I, that's what I've heard is that it kind of goes downhill. So that's why I was like, ah, do I want to devote the time? Is it, but you're saying it's, it's not a crash time. and burn. Yeah, it's not like a crash and burn. Okay. You just need to understand this is written by Stephen King. Stephen <laughs> King deals in the supernatural. Okay. Yeah, of course. So that's not a spoiler to say that. It's just sure. you know everything he does is kind of in, of that ilk. So if you can tolerate some of that, I think you'll be okay. Okay. All right. Interesting. It's really well done, though. I mean, really well done. Nice. Okay. All right. For me, my number two show is another thing I talked about last week when we were doing our What Have You Been Watching? So th- I, w- I won't go too far into it here, but it is Shit's Creek. Um, all right. Yes. yes. Wrapped yes. Up last- oh, you watched it, Chris? So yes. Nice. Oh, yes. Are you all caught up? Or did you finish no, the show? I, no. It, 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 it's kind of one of those, like, palate cleansers that, you know, sure. after we watch a, you know, really, like, dark you know show which we enjoy it's just nice to watch something Mm -hmm. to kind of cleanse the palate before going to sleep and that is definitely schitt's creek it's just such a happy show that that you're exactly right it it would be a great palate cleanser yeah yep that's great so yeah it definitely you should watch it you should get caught up it's all done now it's all out so you can watch all of it uh yeah it is really great so there you go. It I gotta is. watch it. It's on it my is. list. I'm, I'm gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling this is gonna do very well at the Emmys this year. I think it could kind of clean up in the co- comedy categories. So uh, mm. we'll see. All right, April. One. It's back. It's back to you. What is your favorite show of 2020 so far? Okay. So technically, I started watching this in 2019, but I finished it in 2020 because it came out like right. Listen, Chris doesn't do rules. <laughs> Who cares? Okay. You just do it. My Formula One show is probably from like 10 years ago. At I don't least. Know. Great, great. And it's, it's oh probably like gosh. a stage play that's been filmed. <laughs> Let's be real. Okay, so I <laughs> Callbacks. The, oh, y'all need to like. Callbacks. Sorry, this okay. is like a deep cut for our that audience. That's, that's a deep cut screener show. That's an old deep cut. Sorry, April. 
It's okay. Do you, you guys need to air it out or? No, I think we're good. On? You're good. Okay. Um, okay. So I love this show and I will admit that it's actually, it's kind of a stupid show in, in some ways, but mm, I'm so excited for season two. And I still have the song from this show stuck in my head sometimes. And that is the Witcher. Oh, oh, that's right. Wow. Oh, that came out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Better yeah, than was, Dave? Yes. I, I, loved, I loved seeing Henry Cavill just do his, uh-huh. his little grunts. I lived for it. I loved it. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. I heard so much negative stuff about that. that is me fast. too. That's what, listen, I, I know. You it's not you a guys good show, but I loved it. Like, oh, I, I just, can't explain I, it. I highly disagree, disagree. I thought it was a wonderful show. You guys didn't watch of The Witcher? Of course you did. No. no, not yet. So, like, the, it, the show definitely has I'm issues. I'm not interested. <laughs> like, as far as the storytelling. But I... Weird. Mm, I loved it. I loved it. What is yeah, this song? Too. A coin for your Witcher thing? Yes. Is that the song you're talking Toss about? Toss a coin to your Witcher. Yes, that song. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so Valley good. of Plenty. You're not helping me. You're not oh, helping Valley me. of Plenty. Mm-hmm. Oh. Y'all, it's a catchy song. You, <laughs> it's so good. Oh, wow. Anyway, all right, Chris, <laughs> what is your favorite show of 2020 so far? You know, and I think this is breaking the rules again. I'm not sure when it came out, but I know that we wa- I watched it with my wife and I w- just a few weeks ago. Um, and, um, you know, HBO Max is out, so if you've got it, you can watch it. And that is a show called Watchmen. Um, oh, uh, yes. I, yeah, we had not yet watched it. it until, like I said, a few weeks ago, until quarantine happened. And so we we're like, you know yep. what, honey, we're going to watch this. And whoa that was so good one of the best shows i've seen in a very long time it itched all of those you know those those things that i love very lostian where there's this premise weird things are happening but they actually explain almost every little thing they set it up weird stuff and then they actually execute wonderful yes yeah wonderful That's good. I just want to caveat. I saw that in 2019. Well, that would have been on my list. Go yes. On. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So in our review of it, I, what what put me off for like the first, I can't remember, I think it was like the first six episodes, is that yeah. nothing at all made sense. None of it. And right. so I was like mm-hmm. really frustrated it with confusing. it. Very confusing, yeah. But then the last three episodes, they're like, okay, now we're going to start putting the pieces together. So um, so it was kind of, I, I was a little bit mixed on it just because it took so freaking long for me to care about what was happening. But it, it did end it did well, end very well so well here's the thing and, and this is a part and, and again like feel free to cut this out of the final episode but you know we're we're well, i think we're all fairly familiar with this thing called the enneagram i'm a seven which means i enjoy like the build-up like the promise of something great so i actually enjoy the weirdness i actually enjoy that like that like what is happening what could it be and Oftentimes, shows are disappointing because when they get to the end, it's not nearly as good as what I was hoping it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's hard to do that. It's hard to execute on people's expectation of what they're having in their head. I think this movie nails it. I mean, the show nails it. Like, I I think they actually nail the landing in ways that most television shows just can't. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, we we did the best part. Yeah. Yeah, we did a full review on it, and I, you know, I felt bad for daniel because i do think that show is hard to enjoy along the way if you don't have some understanding of the source material um because so many of the characters and easter eggs are tied to that but it's all time great for me i love that show nice 
Yeah, my, my Melody had no clue. She had, she t- didn't really remember the movie. She definitely didn't read the comic, um, but she still enjoyed it like a lot. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, all right, to you, Chad. What's your favorite show of 2020 so far? This is my favorite show so far, although it's this this year has been kind of weak. It's not the greatest. It is Sharp Objects. It's a show that came out, I think, I think in 19. It's based on a Gillian Flynn novel. Again, another HBO series. This show just feels gritty and kind of sweaty and dirty. It's like in the it's in the South and it's a murder mystery and it's got some wonderful performances. Amy Adams as the central character and the basic synopsis is she is a reporter um, in the city and she goes back to her hometown when young girls are being murdered and they think a pattern may be developing. And so the, the entire season is about this murder mystery. It is just really well shot, really well directed, fantastic performances, good script. Uh, it's kind of pulpy, which turns some people off, but I actually really dug about it. It's like a it's like this throwback pulp mystery novel. And because it's HBO, the production values are obviously extremely high. Mm-hmm. My wife and I watched it and just loved it. So Sharp Objects is, is my number one. Nice. I, I, I like Sharp Objects. I think, without getting into spoilers about it, I, the best part of the show is the final 10 seconds. Uh, <laughs> it literally... I, I think was, a lot of people would agree with you. I, I was like a 6 out of 10 on the show, and the final 10 seconds happened, and I was like, well, I'm like a 7, maybe an 8 out of 10, <laughs> just from the final 10 seconds. Sure. Uh, so the rest of the show is like, it's good, but it was, I don't know, it was real slow, real slow. But yeah, I love that slow burn stuff. Sure, I really, sure. I dig it. Sure. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, so my favorite show of 2020 so far, uh, I really wasn't expecting to like it this much. I don't think I've talked about it on the show yet, but that's Hulu's new adaptation of High Fidelity. Has Have any of you guys no. watched this? No, uh, not yet. So it's, it's, it, it's gender swapped. It's uh, starring um, Zoe Kravitz. I was blown away. I loved it so, so much. It is so well written. Um, it's hilarious. Um, Chad, Divine, uh, what's her name? Divine Joy Randolph from from Dolomite Is My Name. Uh, yes, she, she she's is great. One of the main Dolomite. characters. She is, I mean, she is just a com- comedic genius. She is perfect in this show. She's so good. Best part of the show. Nice. Yeah, so it, it's just the, 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 you know, I liked the High Fidelity movie, you know, that's 20 years old. And, and the book as well. And this, the, the whole story makes the jump to 2020 perfectly. Like, it doesn't feel like it missed a beat at all. It feels contemporary. It's fresh. Just all around. I really can't, like, sing its praises more. I, I love awesome. this show so much. So wow. much. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you guys definitely need to check it out. It was great. It's right up my alley. To be honest, it's right up my alley. You know, it's like the rom-com, talking to the camera kind of thing. It's right up my alley. But, right. uh, but yeah, I, I freaking loved it. So good. Uh, um, real quick, Daniel, I didn't do honorable mentions, but I did dishonorable mentions. Number one, Tiger King. I don't really like Tiger King, but I hated Westworld season three, and I needed one more chance to say it. I hate oh, it, Chris. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. Okay. I I'm, can't I'm disagree done. with you more, but what are we doing honorable mentions here? There are a couple on here that I uh, would like to say. Sure. Why not? All right, Chris, I what want, are your honorable mentions? I just wanted to say Lock and Key. I don't know if you guys watched that at all on Netflix. I a little I bit about it. it. I, I enjoyed it, and I am also highly enjoying even though nobody seems to be enjoying it whatsoever. I think we're going to talk about it next week or sometime soon. Space Force, I am having a We're reviewing that with. next week. Yeah. So, you're, um, you're having a blast with it, huh? 
Yes, I really, really am. Okay. I, I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. So again, it, it's a little bit filling that that role of Shit's Creek and that like it's a wonderful little palate cleanser. But we'll talk more about it. But we, I just want to throw that in there. You should definitely join us for our episode next week because uh, we're going to talk about. It. Uh, any other honorable mentions? April, Chad, you guys got anything? Yeah, I guess Westworld season three on mine, just to counter wow. Chad's. Whatever. Uh, yeah, that's on my dishonorable <laughs> mentions that. as well. The only other thing I thought about including here, I don't really have a list of honorable mentions, but I thought about including uh, Cheer from earlier this year, the the documentary. Yeah, that was great. I yeah. loved that show. That was, was great. Really, really great. One of my favorite single moments of uh, film or TV in 2020 is is in one of those episodes. But uh, yeah, so. That's that's all I got. I, I mean, I obviously left it off. I think we said this at the beginning, but I, as you can tell, I really liked the Last Dance. Sure, so yeah. It would probably oh, be yeah. on here, For but sure. I, I omitted it because we were already talking about it. All right. Well, that about wraps up our episode. Thanks for joining us this week. All right. So we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.